Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I enjoyed having Polly and Rachel on the podcast last week to hear their stories of how they met and how Thriving Home began. We talk about their views of food and how that has changed. You can also find their yummy recipes that they mention. This is one episode back, number 115, if you want to check it out. And if you're liking what you hear, I would love for you to do one of these three things that have to do with your podcast app on your phone. Number one, leave a star rating. You can even do that one right now if you're on your app. Click the stars right under the title, Friends of a Feather. A five-star rating would be great. Number two, leave a fun, quick review. It could be as simple as, I love the guest on the podcast, or I am encouraged by the podcast. Simple is great. Okay, one more thing you could pick. Number three, tap the three little buttons on your podcast app to send this episode to a friend. I don't know about you, but I love getting a text from a friend with a podcast attached to it. Thanks, y'all. Today's episode is with my friend Katie Lewis. You may know Katie from her online company, Dear Mushka. Katie shares with us her story of walking through grief when she lost her mother a few years ago. She speaks with such grace and such wisdom. She hasn't ever really talked about it publicly until now. We also talk about how Katie disciples her children and how it's messy, not perfect, but that we as moms are in this together. I love that about Katie. We chat about when she and her husband, Robert, followed God's calling for them to adopt. They have three precious boys, and it's neat to see that they began their company to fund their first adoption. We chat about how God led them to be on the same page, but it did take some time. There is part of the conversation when I literally gasp when Katie shared with me an amazing story of them naming their first son. Be listening for that. Not that you could miss it. (laughs) Katie also gives encouragement to other mom small business owners, and it was so good. If you are ready to be encouraged, let's jump in. Here is my conversation with Katie. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor and a privilege that I have to talk with you today. Goodness, the privilege is mine, girl. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I, um, and probably a lot of my listeners have followed you uh, as Dear Mushka, your um Mushka. Wait, I said it wrong. Mushka. Mushka. I know, I know. You can, people say it all sorts <laughs> all of ways. Sorts so of ways. Whatever you throw at me, I got. But okay, I, okay. Mushka. Well, you have a beautiful company uh, where you pair scripture with jewelry, and I'm wearing my twinkle necklace today that I bought. I, I love it so much. And um, 
anyway, so I, I, I appreciate all that you're doing in the world and the light that you are shining, the bright light of Jesus that you're shining. And so I wanted you to come on the podcast because I want my listeners to just see a behind the scenes kind of peek at Katie and your story. And you yeah. have so many neat things uh, to share about adoption. And, um, and I'm just excited for today. So welcome. Thank you so much. So if my listeners don't know you, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family, kind of area of the country you live in? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am Katie and we live in Middle Tennessee, like just south of Nashville. It's I grew up here. It feels like my forever home unless the Lord calls us somewhere else. It's just such a good area to live in. Um, I am married to my husband, Robert. We've been married almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in April. Just yesterday, we were talking about like our 10-year anniversary trip. So it's crazy to think that we're already here. Um, and we have three little boys. They are five, almost three, in just another week and nine months, and they are all adopted. Okay. Mm. And so tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day -day life looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest role right now is just being mom. That is first what the Lord has called me to is he's given us these boys. And so I always want to make sure that that's my biggest priority. Um, but let's see, it's been what, six and a half years ago. We also started a company called Dear Mushka. And so that's kind of my other role that I do on a daily basis. I used to do everything for the company and now I just get to do the fun things. That's kind of the nice part about being like six plus years into a business. I can say, you know what? I don't love that area but I really do love this part of it. And so on a daily basis between mothering, I'm also um, coming up with new products for the business. I'm on Instagram basically every day, just kind of talking about the jewelry. But honestly, my favorite part is just offering encouragement to the women who are there talking about the Lord, what he's teaching me in scripture, encouraging women to dive into their Bibles too, and to pray and those sort of things. So my day is kind of cleaning up messes and being a mom and also encouraging women on Instagram. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, and I just, I, I remember when I first saw you on Instagram and I think it was when you were taking your Bible and you're opening it up and you were doing um, kind of a shortened devotional with your boys. Um, mm. I think it was when you just had two of your boys and opened your, the word and just, it was uh, on your kitchen counter and yeah. it was, you know, the boys and you were asking them questions and they're in the middle of eating their breakfast. And I just love that because it was so practical because it's like, y'all, this doesn't have to be a perfect sit down. I mean, our kids, you know, most of the time, maybe people think that our kids are, you know, have little angel wings and, and <laughs> those on their head. Like, how do you, do, you know, like people want to know like the, 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 the gritty, the messy part of how do you disciple your kids? How do you teach your kids? And you totally showed that where you're like, it's, you know, we're eating breakfast and they're interrupting you, but the word is shared. And so I loved that about you. Yeah, I think it's so easy for women to feel like they're doing it wrong. You know, like I've opened my Bible, I've said a prayer. How come my children are upside down in their seat and they're dropping their food and they're not like sitting there worshiping with me, you know? Right. And so I just want to show that this is real life. Right now, my boys do not believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. I pray every day that they will get there. But right now, they don't believe that. And they're just acting like the adorable little sinners that they are. Yeah. And um, so it's going to be really messy. I am a sinner. I am messy. I'm not perfect. And so I just long to show women like, hey, we're in this together as we kind of figure it out day by day. And we just commit to bringing the gospel to our children, even in the middle of a mess. 
Mm, so good. So good. Uh, so I love how you bring that in your Instagram stories and, and you also do a Friday prayer prayer night, which mm. I admire so much just where you post a picture and says, Hey, and say, Hey, let's, uh, let's pray for each other. And you say, I will, I might not respond to each comment, but I'm going to pray for each comment. And I love that so much and how you encourage women to pray for each other as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That the Lord put that on my heart to do it. And I was like, is anybody going to be bold enough to like leave a comment on this stranger's Instagram post? (laughs) But people have, and it has been so incredible. You know, somebody will say like, my husband has cancer. Can you join me in praying for this? And week after week we will pray and the prayers are answered in lots of different ways, but I feel like it's been a real community that comes that like we come together as a group and we pray and we watch the Lord work and answer. And, um, it just, it's been incredible. I truly spend probably an hour every Sunday praying over those prayer requests. I kind of wait for them all to come in. And then I just sit there in tears, like, Mm. Lord, these are really big and heavy things far beyond what I can do, but you can do something about them. And Mm. it's just been, it's truly my favorite post of the week. I love it. So great. Okay. So let's go back and uh, let's go back from, you have been married for almost 10 years. Uh And so tell me a little bit about um, your call to adoption. I know you have adopted three boys and uh, you said five, two and nine months. So tell us how you and your husband, were y'all always on that track of we're going to adopt no matter what, or did one of you come to that before the other? How did you make this journey um, from being young married to uh, adopting as young married? Yeah, absolutely. So no, we were not always on this track at all. Um, I actually remember being on my college campus talking to somebody and saying like, I know a lot of people adopt. I don't think that's what the Lord has called us to. And I'll never homeschool. That's good for some people, but that's just not what I'm going to do. So Robert and I never really talked about adoption. We just assumed that we would grow our family the old fashioned way, you know, um, and a few years into our marriage, we were watching some PBS documentary and I truly, it is the most clear. I feel like God has ever spoken to me. And I felt like he said, your first child will come through adoption. And I was like, what in the world? That was so random. We had not even tried for a biological child. Adoption was such a foreign idea to me excuse me, to me. Um, and so I told my husband and he was like, that's crazy. No. And now I think he would, he would feel embarrassed by that answer. But at the time it just felt like, why would we adopt? We haven't even walked through infertility or something like that. It just kind of seemed like that was the path most people took to get them to adoption. So we kept talking about it and I'd bring it up and he'd say, I just, I don't think so. I think, I think you heard God wrong. I'm not there. Um, and I felt like we were just butting heads. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to pray about it. And God will get us on the same page one way or the other. He will unify our hearts because he is for this marriage. And so really it was over the course of the next year that we never talked about it. And I just silently kept praying that God would make it clear what our next step should be. Um, and that one random day, truly, I think it was about a year later, my husband said, I've been thinking, babe, I think we should adopt. Let's start tomorrow. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and so from there, we began the adoption process. But I, I like to say that part of our story because I think so many women are in the same boat. They would like to adopt and their husbands feel like, I don't know about that. And I get it. It's a foreign idea. It seems scary. Um, 
in a lot of ways, it's unnatural. You know, that's not how the Lord intended for us to grow our families originally. And so I get why it can feel scary and overwhelming, but I encourage women to, if you're in that spot, just to pray through it, commit to actually bringing it to the Lord every day. Um, I know sometimes we like to control situations. I do at least. I want to like nag my husband into the right answer. And so for me, it was a an awesome year of just handing it over to the Lord instead of bringing the conversation up over and over again with my husband. I think I learned a lot in that year and God equipped me to be a better wife and mother. I needed that. Mm. I love how you brought that up of that year of just praying and just going to the Lord instead of, you know, we tend to go and nag our husbands about something. Mm -hmm. I remember a particular time in my life where I did that as well. And it was hard. It was very hard, but it was so good looking back, looking back at that time of just friend, close your mouth. And there were many times I did not do that, but the times when I did and just went to the Lord and we see the fruit of those prayers later, you know, he answered it in a different way than we expected in the situation. But it was, uh, it was, it was really good to look back on. So I love that you said that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And how much better that God gets the glory now, you know, yeah. had I said, Hey, we should adopt. And my husband said, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, okay. But now I get, I mean, that was like one of the biggest answered prayers of my life where I fervently came to the Lord over and over again. And he showed me, I'm, I hear you and I'm going to answer in one way or another. Keep coming to me and praying. So I'm just really grateful. Yeah. That that's how it started. That's great. Well, and you mentioned, you know, I always do a deep dive on the guests that I bring on the show, either through their Instagram or website. So I think I went to your website and you mentioned uh, the verse Psalm 32, eight. Yeah. And what did that verse specifically mean to you while y'all were waiting to adopt your boys? Yeah. uh, I love that verse. So it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. And I think for anybody who has even just briefly looked into adoption, you know how overwhelming it can feel like how in the world do I start, you know, domestic international, which agency, a home study, what is that even about? It just feels like there are so many questions, you know, then you start filling out the application and it's like, man, I have to decide which health issues I'm okay with. That's not something a biological mother chooses. You just get what you get. (laughs) It just, it feels very overwhelming. And so um, that was my prayer through the whole thing. God, please just instruct me and teach me in the way we should go. Let me know that you are counseling me with your loving eye upon me. And I truly felt a peace over every decision we made. I asked that he would take away some of the ambiguity and just kind of make our next steps clear. I didn't want to look too far ahead. I just said, okay, we've got to choose international or domestic. Can you make that clear? All right, check. And we move forward one step after the other. Um, So I just clung to that promise. Mm. And tell us how, um, when you got to the point of adoption, you have your first boy, you're the mom, you're a mom, a boy mom of three boys. Um, did you choose if you wanted to have boys or did you get, did you have that say in that? Yeah, we could have had a say in that. We, we never did. Um, our first adoption is kind of crazy. We went through the whole process. We were about to be active in our adoption, which means we were about to have our profile book shown to prospective birth mothers. And we actually got a call from a friend that we go to church with and she she said, Hey, I know you're in the adoption process. I have a relationship with a birth mother. She's due in a few weeks. Are you, are you interested in this adoption? I know that's not the route you were taking, 
what do you think? And um, it's, it's, the whole story is kind of crazy. I won't say the whole thing, but she said the one condition is that this birth mother really wants you to use the name that she has chosen for her son. And we were like, oh no, we have, Robert and I have only agreed on one boy name. We had a ton of girl names. Oh. We had one boy name we could agree on. We thought there is no way this is going to work. And it turns out we had chosen the same name and <gasps> it just, yes. And it just was like the verse we had been praying over this adoption was Isaiah 43 one. Um, I have called you by name. You are mine. That was kind of the verse God had given us. And so it just felt like the sweetest kiss from the Lord. Like I told you, your first child was going to come through adoption. I have called him by name. I'm giving him to you. And this is what I want you to do. And so after we started the, that one adoption, we thought, oh man, we are hooked. We are never <laughs> going back unless the Lord changes our mind, you know, which could definitely happen. But, um, so he was a boy to answer your question. Wow. And then we just said, whatever happens for the rest. And now we have three boys. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So your first adoption, your first boy is from someone, a friend of a friend or a yes. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. That yeah, is so neat. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for y'all to just follow the Lord's leading, you know, and just seeking him and how, do, you know, he showed you that he wanted adoption to be your first way of having yeah. uh, journeying into motherhood, but uh, of how you just follow the Lord's leading. So I just love that y'all did that. I mean, you're walking, walking that out and I appreciate yeah. that so much. Okay, so tell me one thing that you would tell uh, someone, a woman who is maybe praying about adoption, maybe her husband's not on the same page, like we mentioned earlier, uh, maybe he is, but tell us something that you would tell a woman that is praying toward adoption and what piece of advice you would give her right now. Oh gosh, I feel like I'm so repetitive, but I would, I would just say to continue um, praying. And I know that sounds like such a silly answer, but I think sometimes we just try to do it in our own power. We think if we Google enough or we ask enough questions, uh, we'll just be able to figure it out on our own. And listen, I have Googled the heck into all sorts of things. I'm not saying that that's not an okay answer, but I think the Lord longs to use these opportunities to draw us into his presence. You know, it is, it is bigger than the adoption. It's about us knowing and loving him and serving him and glorifying him and growing his kingdom. I mean, everything we do is about that. And so if we are moving towards an adoption without coming to him and without building our relationship with him, then we're doing it wrong. I think, you know, or we're missing, we're missing the grandness that could come from it. And so I would just encourage a woman to cling to God and continue asking him for her next steps, trusting that he will get her where she wants to go. She's not going to miss her child. She's not going to mess this up if she is um, humbly trusting the Lord for her next steps. So just to trust him and obey what he's asking. Mm, that's great. So good. And tell me what was the, I know this isn't on our notes, but I just thought of what is a character quality of God that you learned so deeply about him during your adoption processes? Oh, that's a great question, Ren. Um, I think that he reminded me over and over again that he has a tender, special heart for the least of these, whatever that looks like. And I think I felt at some point almost panicked, like you get into it and you realize how many children need to be adopted. And I felt like I've got to adopt them all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he kept showing me like, Katie, these are my children before they're your children. And I see them and I love them. And I will care for them in the way that I'm going to care for them. Please trust me and just 
join my fight and my mission, you know, um, it was just really good for me to realize that this was not on my shoulders solely. Mm. First, I was following the Lord's lead and how he cares for those in need. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because before you started the adoption process and before you were married, um, right around the time, um, I guess, right before you were married, um, you lost someone so dear and so close to you and it was your mom. And, you know, I I think that is um, a struggle for anybody, but tell us how you walked through that time of your life and how you came out on the other side of it. Yeah, gosh, Ren. Um, Yes. So my mom, I actually have never told her story anywhere. I've just said that she died and that's true, Um, but I've actually never walked through her life. But honestly, she, the whole time I was growing up, she had a lot of back pain. She had a lot of surgery. She just, I think, was born with a hard body. Um, And she walked through years of depression. And I know a lot of people can relate to that severe depression, anxiety, um, and just just all of that can bring with that, you know, um, she loved the Lord. I remember watching her read her Bible and pray that this would go away. And the Lord never took her depression away. Um, long story short, she got addicted to narcotics and she actually took her life right after we got married in 2010. And so I think her story is maybe a little bit different than potentially some people expect. I I will tell her story one day on a platform, maybe Instagram, although this would be a great way for me to, you know, kind of introduce it. Um, I'm hesitant to say this part of her story because she was so much more than the way she died. You know what I mean? And I feel like it kind of puts her into a box. Um, But anyway, all that to say, she suffered so much in her life that when she died, there was a part of me that felt like the Lord has healed her. He has finally taken her home and taken away her severe depression. She is, she is dancing in heaven with him. She is happy. She is whole and healed. And, um, so I think it it was so hard to lose her. And I feel like I mourn more now that I'm a mother, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't a mom. I didn't have kids. I wasn't longing for that like that wisdom that she had to share. Mm -hmm. Now I wish I could, Mm. I could get that wisdom and I could say, mom, I'm so sorry. I made your life miserable. (laughs) (laughs) How hard motherhood is, you know, but I think the, the greater part of me feels like, oh, she is in heaven and it makes me long for eternity in a way that I want to long for eternity in a very healthy way. So there have been ups and downs, but mostly I'm just grateful. I'm grateful Mm. that the Lord has healed her. Mm. And how do you walk through that with, um, you know, as being a young married, how did you, do you remember how you were walking through that? How did you kind of process all of that? I remember reading right after she passed away somewhere in Psalm 119 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your words. And I felt like that was just God kind of grabbing me and saying that I will use this affliction in your life uh, to grow you stronger with me. And so I felt like, okay, now I'm going to keep his words. Not that I was necessarily not keeping them before, but I was not like, I didn't have a daily quiet time at that point. I wasn't truly pursuing God. And I really feel like right after she died is when I thought I'm going to make this a daily habit. Um, I'm just going to spend time in the word and I'm going to trust that he is the one who heals the brokenhearted. Nothing I can do is going to heal that, but it's going to be him. You know, um, 
I think it drew my family closer together, my siblings. I have a way better relationship with my dad now than I did before. My mom was, I mean, she, I would have said she was my best friend. And so to kind of lose that meant that other, there was room for other people to step in. I think that Robert and I were freshly married. I mean, talk about something to walk through, like when you were mm -hmm. a newlywed, but I think it drove us closer together. We had to right off the bat, do, do the dirty work. Let's figure out like counseling and how we're going to walk through this and heal. And, um, so I think just drawing into community as best I could, even though that, that, that feels unnatural for me. I wanted to like hide in a hole, you know, or pretend like things are okay. I know you've done work on the Enneagram for me. I'm a nine and I'm like, let's just pretend that things are fine. It doesn't work by the way, but that's what I wanted to do. And so I felt like I really had to get outside of my shell and um, ask other people for help or just say, I I'm just sad today. Can you just sit with me? You know, that's good because as a nine, you know, being a peacemaker, you want everybody to be at peace. You want, yes. you know, you're thinking of others first before yourself. I love how you brought up the Enneagram because I feel like, you know, it's a tool. It's not the one thing that we all go to. Obviously it's a tool yeah. that God has used in my life to help me with relationships. And I love that you brought that up, that it can be, a, um, a tool for us to use for when we're going through struggles and things. Yeah. And I didn't even know about the Enneagram back then. I mean, it, oh, I know right. it was a thing, but nobody was talking about it 10 years ago, but it has really helped me now reflect on those time periods and do some healing that I needed to do. Like, Oh, I see how I handled that situation. And now I understand why I did it in that way. I don't think that was the healthiest. Let's kind of backtrack and fix some of those things now. That's great. That's really good. That's so wise too. I like that. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna set somebody free today. of just thinking about, uh, using tools that God gives us, God gives us counselors, God gives us his word. Uh, God gives us encouraging friends and community, like you said, to rally around us and mm -hmm. to let us know we're not alone in this, that they can walk yeah. through it with us. So thanks for telling me all that. I know that's really could be difficult because of, of the nature of it, but I really appreciate you sharing that part of it. Yeah. Okay. So let's go fast forward a few years. So y'all, uh, this was, we were kind of talking about about 10 years ago when you're first married and, uh, and then a few years, about four years later, you start Dear Mushka, tell us okay. how in the world did that start? Tell us, have you always had a love for jewelry and pretty things. I really could have thought you were an Enneagram four with how many pretty things you offer in your shop. <laughs> just, you know, four Enneagram fours are just, they just love everything. And they, I have a, a dear friend that's an Enneagram four and it, she just the beauty of things she loves. So I really could have guessed you as a four because of that. So tell us a little bit about your, your sweet and beautiful and thriving business and how it started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First, that's funny that you thought I was a four. I would say that I'm like the opposite of a four. I I am so not in touch with my feelings. I don't want to sit in the darkness. And I know fours, they're so good at that. Everybody needs a four in their life. Yes. I'm like, come on, girl, step out of it. Let's be happy and okay. And, uh, yes. So Dear Mushka, I feel like has been the biggest gift from the Lord, I guess, aside from my husband and children. But um, so my mom called me Mushka growing up. I don't, it's a Russian term. It means little one with big eyes. It's like a term of endearment. I have no idea where she got it. She was not Russian. She's from Indiana. Um, but <laughs> she somehow, <laughs> that's what she called me growing up. And so when she passed away, 
one of the first things I did was I started a blog called Dear Mushka. It was letters to my future children because I just, I felt like, man, there are so many things I wish I could now ask my mom about being a newlywed. What was it like when you and dad got married and she was gone? I couldn't. And so I thought, I'm just going to start typing all this out. I ended up having, having three boys. I doubt they will ever want to read those words, but they're there if they want to. Life is a newlywed. Um, and so I felt like immediately God was kind of redeeming the situation. He was creating beauty from these ashes. And a few years later, we started the adoption process. And I was like, Robert, I've got a way that I think can at least help us make some money. You know, adoption can be expensive. So um, let me just try this as a way to make some extra funds. I think also there was a part of me that always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom who did something that I enjoyed to add some income. You know, I think a lot of women probably hope for that. Yeah. And so I was like, let me just try it. And God blessed it right away. At the time, I was just making jewelry. Um, I, I thought about a few other ideas, but really I wanted something that I felt like I could do kind of quickly. Like I thought about quilting and I was like, that will take me so long to make one quilt. I am not patient <laughs> enough for that. <laughs> so I went with jewelry um, and people loved it right away. Uh, maybe, I don't even know, maybe two years into the business, I felt like, oh, this is a thing now. It really needs to be a ministry. And um, so then that's when we started adding Bible verses to all of the pieces. I just felt like I need this to be more than just putting on jewelry. I can't, I can't get behind that as like something that I'm spending all my time doing. And so he brought that idea to me that was truly him. And, you know, you, you say that I like see beauty and everything and I'm really creative. That is truly of the Lord because I don't feel like I'm like that in anything else. But right here, this is what he has gifted me in. And there we go. So now recently, Robert, your husband, you brought him home from his yeah. job. So this is, um, yeah, a few years ago, we decided, hey, well, I needed some help on the administrative side. Um, I no longer wanted to manage employees. That was really hard for me. Customer service was very draining. I just felt like if I have to do this for much longer, I'm just going to quit. It's not worth it. I feel really burnt out. I need help doing that. The person I'm going to trust the most is my husband. Why not bring him home to do it? And so it was a gift that he could do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is like our family business now. We have a few employees and I think that's great. And tell me, I know we talked about your day-to-day -day life earlier, but tell uh -huh. me how that works with raising three boys and employees and, having, you know, you and your husband or a team, how does that work like in a day? Like, uh, do they go to school on certain days? I know your five-year-old, yeah. you know, you homeschool. Tell me a little bit how that looks every day. Yeah. Um, we actually haven't started homeschooling yet. He'll start kindergarten in the fall. So right now to my two oldest do Tuesday, Thursday preschool. And like right now we're recording on a Tuesday. So my two oldest are at school and my youngest is napping. So I've got like a two hour stretch to work. But the biggest thing we did this year that I really needed was to have one work day. So I said on Mondays, I'm like ready to roll. I need yeah. a big chunk of time so that I can knock out a whole bunch of work. Um, so right now one of our employees, Jenna, actually watches our boys on Monday. She watches them from 8 a.m. until they go down for a nap. So I have from like 8 to 3 every day and I have, or every Monday. And so it's like get all of this done. And my goal is that the rest of the week while my boys are napping or at school, all I focus on is recording an Instagram story. So we've, we've gotten it to the point where I feel like this is manageable, at least right now, you know, with kids, things change all the time, schedules change and stuff. But for right now, that's where we're at. Okay. That's great. Yeah. What a good system. I love yeah. that, that you have really have all your priorities in order. And I know it's difficult as a full-time mom and a full-time business owner um, of doing that, but I think 
you were balancing that so well. And I yeah. really love that about you. Well, I always tell women who have small businesses, they say like, how do you make it all work? And I say, you've got, you have to be the advocate for yourself. Nobody else is going to look at you and say, I see that you're stressed and burnt out. Let me step in and help you. You know, so you have to say, this is not working. I would rather make less money and hire another employee or hire childcare for a day or whatever that looks like. You've got to recognize that if you burn out, you're not going to have any money. You know, you're going to have no business. And so what can you do now to set yourself up for success as you move forward? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I had to do for myself too. That's good. That's really yeah. good piece of advice for small business owners. I like that. Okay. Well, our time is almost up, but we know it's so fast. <laughs> no, it's so fast. Um, but I want to hear your eat. What are you eating? What are you reading? What are you loving these days? Okay. Eating, reading, loving. Um, reading. I'll say that first because that's my favorite category. So <laughs> I am right now reading, uh, what's it called? A Chance to Die. It's about the life of Amy Carmichael, who was a missionary in the late 1800s, early 1900s in India. It's written by Elizabeth Elliot. She spared no words. I'll say that. It's a very long book, <laughs> but it has been so incredible to read. I feel like that's a goal that I've had for myself is to uh, just read a few like missionary biographies every year because it gets me out of myself. So I'm loving that. That's great. Um, I, what else am I loving? That was one of the categories. Right? Yes. Reading, loving. Okay. I am loving all things floret flowers. Um, if y'all don't know what Florette is, uh, last year I started my first cut flower garden. We have just like this little awkward area in front of our house. And I was like, I'm going to grow flowers to cut and gift to people. And there's this website called, Flo I don't know if it's florette.com or Florette Flowers, but she has a cut flower garden up in the Northwest and she like walks you through, here's how you start your garden. Here's how you do things. You can buy seeds on her website. She has a book. And I felt like I just discovered like a passion of mine that I never knew was there. So right now we're in January, but it's like prep time for flowers. So get your seeds, make your timeline for planting them. And I just feel like I'm, I'm itching. <laughs> You're a plant lady. That's awesome. I did. Yeah. Well, I I'm a flower person. I can't, flower lady. I cannot okay. keep them alive, but flowers that grow and then I cut them to give to people. I can do that. You can summer. do that. Okay. I'm going to look it up. That sounds really intriguing. Girl, do it. I'm not a green. I don't have a green thumb. I've had my, my little fig fiddle leaf fig that has uh -huh. lasted. I got it at Kroger for like 16 bucks last year and it is still alive. I'm like, it's still alive. So maybe I'll try. I can maybe do flowers even better. So do you love trying to grow you some flowers? Like it makes yeah. you so happy when they pop up. <laughs> it does. I know. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I'm gonna try that. Yes. All right. So what are you eating? I'm all about the snacks girl. Eating. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what I'm really into is my protein smoothie. And I know that sounds so lame, but this is like the thing that grounds me in my everyday. Um, I started doing intermittent fasting last year, which I know is so on trend, but it's been really good for me. So every day at like 10 o'clock, I break my fast and I have this protein smoothie and I feel like it just, it's like packed full of really good things and it's packed full of protein, which I need because if left to my own devices, I eat like cheese and crackers and pasta. <laughs> So I need a good kick in the pants of protein to begin my day and I've learned to love it. So that's okay. kind of my thing. This is so funny. You said this because yesterday I was talking to my friend Jenny and we were talking about, she said, do you ever put protein powder in your smoothies? Cause I was telling her I, I'm trying to do smoothies and, yeah. um, and I was like, no, she's like, you, you can get it at Costco. So do you buy the protein powder and yeah. then just put like a scoop in every day? Yes, I buy the chocolate protein powder. So I do um, a scoop of that, and I do a scoop of that, um, like, have you seen that powdered peanut butter? 
PB fit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it comes in like a jar like that. I'm just adding scoops of all these things like collagen. I've got a scoop of like dried spinach. I just am packing it in. I even put like frozen cauliflower in there, which sounds gross, but you truly can't taste it. And I'm like, why not? Here's some cauliflower. (laughs) I love it. Okay, I'm going to Costco later. So I'm going to pack, I'm going to pick up some of that protein powder because I've been hearing. So I think after you hear it twice, I'm like, okay, it's time to do it. Maybe you're onto something. Yes. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have enjoyed it so much. It flew by, but I just appreciate your willingness and just sharing your heart with us today and a little bit behind the scenes of Dermushka and and behind the scenes of Katie and her story. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Ren. This was fun. What a great episode. I loved chatting with Katie. She has such a calm voice. I could listen to her all day long. I love when she said, he showed me, I hear you, and I'm going to answer in one way or another. Keep coming to me and praying. And I love that. Remember, everything that Katie and I talked about will be at the show notes at wrenrobbins.com. And if you would pick one of the three things to let me know how you liked today's episode, click a star rating, leave a one-line review, or send the episode to a friend. Thanks for joining me today. You can find the Friends of a Feather community on Instagram and Facebook, and I would love to connect with you over there. Remember, we're all Friends of a Feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.